laughing big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years The shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup It is Wednesday August the 18th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And it's a... Uh, we're getting to that time of the year, Will, where it's goodbye, farewell, and amen. Players are uh, announcing their retirements, um, uh, saying goodbye. Obviously, Eddie Betts is probably... The biggest of all those names uh, to say goodbye, which is a good time. I think in this, in this, in this age in which it's all just bad news, uh, it was a welcome relief to just get highlights packages of Eddie Betts this week. That was the thing that was getting me through climate change and increasing COVID numbers. And Afghanistan was like, okay, let's just watch some Eddie highlights. Let's watch a guy who just loves to play football. I mean, I don't want to go all tinfoil hack you and on on you, Charlie, but <laughs> yeah. I believe that Dictator Dan's made a call <laughs> to the Carlton Football Club and he's like, we just, we're in trouble here as a country. Like, people are disobeying the lockdown rules. There is only one thing that keeps them inside. Eddie Betts highlights. Could you please get Eddie to announce? He can announce again over the off-season. Look, you'll have a new coach. Ross Lyon might lure him back to the club. Everything's going to be fine. But in the meantime, what we need is a little distraction. So we, could we please just have Eddie kicking some goals from the boundary yeah. line? Speaking of premiers, Will, who anger oh, yeah. football identities, <laughs> yeah, okay. I get the feeling, I mean, you were the first to pick up on it. There was Jared Healy and 3AW, but now I feel like a bit of this is creeping into Fox footy. Look, they've already got Fox in the title. I don't know if you saw a clip um, earlier this week on 360 where Jared was talking to Jason Dunstall about the potential of playing the grand final in WA and obviously the uh, WA Premier Mark McGowan, famous for kind of shutting yeah. borders at the drop of a hat. Mm. Uh, they interviewed him and he was sort of being very, very um, reserved and cautious in endorsing whether or not they would allow the grand final to happen. And they cut back to the studio and got Jared and, and, and the Chief's take. And it's fair to say the Chief was not impressed with these premiers who think they're running the show. I mean, Chief would his nose put so out of joint by the fact that Mark McGowan wasn't showing enough enthusiasm for potentially hosting the grand final and then pivoted into these premiers are just getting a bit too ahead of themselves, a bit too much power. They think they're running the country. And I was like, wow. I mean, I, I mean, kind of... they are running the country. That's yeah, why they think they're ex- running the country. Well, we don't have a prime minister to run the country. Someone's got to fucking do it. Step up in those times, you know. Um, so, okay. Firstly, absolutely. Football... Football industry, footballers all live in this privileged world where they are full of complaints and completely think that they know better than anybody who's actually in the jobs. Like, it is incredible. This last year and a half, I think the playing of football has been wonderful to watch, but hearing people that I've enjoyed talk about football wander into the areas of politics (laughs) has really made me not like a lot of those people. Like... They are terribly privileged people who've barely had their lives interrupted Mm. and they live in that world where they think, well, I'm going about my business. Why can't everybody else be going about their business? It's fucking ridiculous. And so they've got to shush it. But in the (laughs) chief's case, here's what I would say to the chief. I'm not going to tell the chief to shush it because the chief has post-traumatic stress and because he's worked alongside a former premier. 
Like when he's talking about premiers, mm. he's not talking about hypothetical premiers. You know, like sometimes you'll go out with like a guy and he starts complaining about women and you're like, you're not complaining about women. You're complaining about one particular <laughs> woman who's done you wrong and you're assigning those values to all women. I think when, like Chief, like in one of those cartoons um, where, you know, the, when Homer looks at somebody and sees like a rotisserie yeah. chicken, right? Yeah. Like this well, the is- way Jared looks at Robbo. <laughs> right. So Chief just sees Jeff's head on every premiere. Yeah. So when Mark's like, you know, I'm not enthusiastic about the AFL grand final, Chief is seeing those words come out of Jeff Kennett's mouth. Well, it mustn't be making him happy then. For If Chief is traumatised by Jeff Kennett to see just how embarrassed Jeff Kennett must be by what Alistair Clarkson is doing, the reverse tank, the reverse tank. Like they're just going to maybe finish just outside the eight by the end of the season, three in a row, playing really good football. He's just driven his price through the roof. Do you think that, is Jeff Kennett going to be the president of the Hawthorne Football Club next year. Do you think there's any way he can stay? Who's going to be not supporting if, not him if, after this? Not if Clarko will do anything about it and he's doing everything <laughs> about it that he could possibly do. This is the only upside I can see out of the weekend of football we've just had from a Bulldogs point of view. We were embarrassed on the weekend. Our whole season's fallen apart. Like if we lose to Port Adelaide this weekend, we'll probably miss the final four after being in the top two for most of the season. Then we'll probably play Essendon in the first week of the finals who belted us a couple of weeks ago and fucking two metre 203 centimetre Peter will probably kick fucking nine goals against us and we'll be bundled out of the final. That's the week I've had. And the only thing that's got me through that is that at least I'm fucking up Hawthorne's draft order and at least I'm fucking up Jeff Kennett's day. Like, Clarko is a genius. We've always said it. And I love nothing more than this storyline that is unfolding unfolding in front of us around Hawthorne. Well, another storyline that's unfolding with all these retirements and delistings is uh, what players have got something left in the tank? Who goes where? I mean, Daniel Talia. I know Daniel Talia is an old favourite of yours. Well, this is just before. So Yeah, go on. Because Daniel Talia perfect person that the Bulldogs need. <laughs> like literally when you look at what the Bulldogs are missing and what we need to recruit and who might be available, literally you would draw a picture of Daniel Talia. And we already know he knows the game plan. <laughs> so <laughs> it, would, it would be one of the boldest moves of all time if Talia ended up at the Bulldogs. He, he did an interview this week that was so confident. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm easily, I'm a, I'm a walk-up start in Adelaide's best 22. And I was like, Shit, mate. Like, that's a, that is a bold proclamation to a guy who's just had his papers stamped. But everyone's talking about the Gold Coast being, you know, the major destination for where these players should go. Like, and that makes sense as well. If Clarko goes and a few Hawks get delisted, they'll probably follow him up to the Gold Coast as well. And okay. it seems to be like it's generational, isn't it? There's always one club that is the kind of dumping ground for all the kind of, you know, players have lost a yard to. In the 80s, it was always St Kilda. Then in the early 2000s, it was Carlton. And now the Gold Coast is where you go to kind of balance out those veterans. And it got me thinking of the could have been champions. Just follow me here, Will. Because I remember... The- I'm always interested when it comes to the could have been champions. As the... As the modern day could have been champions that we aspire to be here on Two Guys One Cup. Well, you got ahead of me, Will, because oh. <laughs> I was thinking about the could have been champions because they had a song uh, that was um, to the tune of "Putting on the Ritz" about St Kilda, which is like, "If you're a blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you come down with your mates?" Playing for the Saints, easy kicks, good pay, good conditions. If you're tired of media complaints, come and join the Saints. They've got vacancies in key positions, especially if you like the wet conditions. So anyway, I was thinking about that song. 
And then I was like, oh, you know what? It's been years since I've listened to a bit of Could Have Been Champions. So I went to YouTube and started listening to some Could Have Been Champions. And I was like, oh my God, this is the prototype. Two guys, one cup. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of a reverent footy chat. They have characters who call in, a bit like a certain Frenchman who calls in our show <laughs> to talk. The only thing we don't have is wacky songs, but we can get that easily. Who do we know who sings songs? Oh, well, you're learning Gatesy. the... Well, didn't Gatesy... You're learning the mandolin. Well, the mandolin. I'm learning what is the uka- ukulele. The ukulele. I don't know. All small guitars are the same to me. Well, is that Ga- racist? <laughs> you racist. Gatesy. Well, Gatesy came to our grand final show one year, and he sang yeah. like a, he sang like a funny football theme song. I'm sure we could ask Gatesy. He doesn't know anything about football, but if we just tell him what to sing, or do you think I've, we need? I've watched football with Gatesy though, right? Like, you know, and this was always a bit Greg Champion's role on the Could Have Been Champions. Like he was much more there for the music than his like football knowledge. And yeah, I mean he is knowledgeable about football, but. A lot of the other guys, like Tony Leonard and those guys, would actually write a lot of the songs, and then Greg Champion is that would just right? perform them. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we could do that. We could. We do could that. write like <laughs> footy. Imagine if we just went took on the Could Have Been Champions head to head. Are they still going? The Could Have Been Champions. Um, okay, yeah, they're still going. The Could Have so Been Champions. Are the characters not all still, the, are the same not all characters? the champions? Some okay. of the champions are retired. Retired, Robert Downey Jr. style. One of them's like a Supreme Court judge or something like that. Simon Whelan? Whelan? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's say there's Tony Leonard, Simon Whelan, Greg Champion. How many Ian were Cover? Ian Cover. Oh, I can't remember who else. There's five or six, right? Yeah. So There's a bit of a, a floating roster. So do they still do the characters calling in? Because... Like, that's like The Simpsons. That's going to be one of the longest running bits, like character yeah, Tim, bits. Tim, Timmy from Thomastown yeah, or whatever. Must be like in his 40s now. <laughs> Massive Murph Moravin must have had a heart attack, a triple bypass by now. Well, all we've got to do, we'll be doing different suburbs because we'll do up around our way. So yeah. it's like, you know, it's, you know, Bailey from Ballina or whatever. Well, also, there's all these expansion teams that have mm. come to the league. Now, I don't know if the could have been all, all over that, but we need yeah. to think up, well, what are the new cliches about. The Giants fans. What's a cliche about a Suns fan? You know. What's oh yeah. A- so it's like Craig from Cavill Avenue calling yeah. him from the kebab shop. Yeah. I mean, he would just be a jacked, <laughs> roided out, <laughs> like dude who doesn't actually never actually seen a game. Just got sent a membership. <laughs> He's gone to a game. He left at halftime. Did a bag. <laughs> he just calls up in a roid rage all the time. Gets and keeps like calling the umpires refs. <laughs> Okay, well, who? what characters in the game right now, because they were good, they could have been champions at identifying like a, like Dermot Brereton is a hood was yeah, like yeah. one of their songs, right? Huh. So they'd write a song about a particular player. Who's the player of the moment who should have a song penned about? Oh, well, who's like, who are some of Two Guys, One Cup favourites? So we love a Nat Fife, like You're So Vain, we could do a, a, a Nat Fife song, You're So Vain, Ben Cunnington, like working class What man. about Nat Fife to the tune of Blur's Park Life? Nat, Nat Fife. Yeah, and I wake up in the morning and I tune my helicopter and it looks yeah. really good. Nat, Nat Fife. <laughs> I check the financial papers and try and learn my teammates' names. Nat, Nat Fife. Fife. <laughs> See, easy. That's so good. We could have been we the could have been champions. We easily could have been the could have been champions. Oh, shit. We just completely missed an opportunity there. Oh, wow. So, all right. Do we need to have... All right. So, we need characters who call in. We need to have funny songs. What else were some two guys... Uh, I've started already, Well, I've started appropriating. What were some other could have been tropes? What were some other segments? Okay. So, they do the funny phone calls in. They would do the... 
comedy songs. And then I'm mostly, I think it was just general football chat, wasn't it? They did have a segment um, for at least for a year or so, because I know this because Michael Chamberlain did it, where they had like junior cub reporters, where they would get kids on to do a report on like a grand final. Michael went on and I think I've spoken about this before, talked about um, WrestleMania, (laughs) Uh, 12-year-old Michael Chamberlain. Um, well, I I know that we have done a deep dive on the Could Have Been Champions previously on our other podcast, <laughs> TOEFOP. But what a waste. Seeing that we're here, we might as well uh, have a little uh, uh, dig into yeah, the Wikipedia page of the Could Have Been Champions. So the Could Have Been Champions, also referred to as, what are their nicknames? If this was a player profile, Charlie, oh, I'll do a reverse oh, yeah, good. player profile on the Could Have Been Champions to okay. you. So what is their nickname? Um, is it just the Champs? Oh. Champos. So close. The Could Have Beens. Ah. Oh. An Australian comedy team, uh, currently on the ABC. Currently, it is okay. currently broadcast between ten and twelve PM on seven seven four. So Melbourne, Tassie, and Victoria get the could have been champions. Okay. Um. All right. Okay. Um, Hang on. Melbourne, been, Tassie, again, and Victoria. So you mean regional, Vic, regional, Victoria. regional Victoria, Melbourne, and Tasmania. So they didn't not pumped into South Australia or WA. This is when you know it's going to be a truly national game. Like, yeah. can you imagine? <laughs> Like some of those states, I mean, South Australia and West Australia might get it, but can you imagine like Giants fans trying to sit down and go, look, I love AFL. <laughs> I want to get into the history of AFL and then just digging into the could have been champions. Well, my memory of the could have been champions too, because I reckon I was way into them in like 88, 89. That was sort of my peak could have been years. I, had I went the, and saw them live when I was at uni. Oh, did you? Great show. <laughs> I had their big bumper book of footy. And I remember like they were just scathing about the national competition there was two targets that they had repeatedly which was one was the brisbane line uh, the brisbane bears they hated the brisbane bears thought it was a joke and a waste of money and they loved and this and in retrospect it seems crazy but they loved laying the boots into ron barassi they thought ron barassi was into himself was an egomaniac i remember in the big bumper book of footy it was an interview that ron barassi had done in 1979 where it was like this what this is where footy will be in 20 years time and so I think Ron was saying, there'll be like, you know, teams in China and blah, blah, blah. And they just go through the interview and just rip him apart. And I was like, isn't he like untouchable? I thought there was a few figures in the game, like Ted Witten. I thought Ron Barassi would be up there with like, you can't. So, you can't so you're saying it's a show that went through and assigned characteristics to players and identities in the game that weren't their actual characteristics. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Um, okay, what year did the uh, Could Have Been Champions footy show start? Okay, so it's going to be in the 80s, and yep. I'm going to say uh, 80, 86. Uh, lower. 85. Lower. 82. 1981. Fuck me. Wow, that is crazy. That's going to be Amazing. one of the longest running radio shows of all time, right? From 81 to... 2000 Start, started on uh, Triple R in Melbourne. Moved to it's twice been on Three AW, but it spent a lot of its time on Seven Seven Four ABC Melbourne. Now, um, its current members. So these are the current members okay. of the Could Have Been Champions: Jeff Richardson, Ian Cover, Greg Champion, Torch McGee, and Billy Baxter. Simon Whelan had a hiatus from the show while serving as a judge on the Supreme Court of Victoria. That was like when you were on Home and Away and had to leave TOEFOP. <laughs> yep, exactly Very the similar. same thing. But he's back now, as of April 2020. So Simon Whelan is back. And Tony Leonard, of course, is the- I mean, isn't uh, that great? Like, would you say he was a Supreme 
Court judge has got to come back to play Tommy from Timis, T- Timmy from Thomas Town. <laughs> uh, this is great because it actually has a list of the segments, which was what we were looking okay, for. Yep, so yep. these are the uh, regular show segments on the Could Have Been Champions. Covey's Quiz, which is a football-related quiz run by Ian Cover. So we can profile. do a little quiz. Well, we do that's one. Good. Pocket profile. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, oh, now, I'm not sure this one would actually hold up by today's standards. Oh, no. Do you remember? I remember this very fondly now. And I'm going to say <laughs> at the time, I will admit before I burn Greg Champion for doing something that probably isn't appropriate in the year 2021, that when I used to listen as a kid, this was perhaps my favorite bit on the Could Have Been Champion. So it was a so, recurring segment. A recurring character. Oh. Um, oh who would give AFL players advice? Oh, it's um, Guru Bob. Guru Bob. There's no way you could do Guru Bob. They were running in twos and threes the and there were loose men everywhere. He would do the little guru voice and yes. I don't think you could do the guru voice anymore. I, but, to be honest, I never quite got the Guru Bob. He was my least favorite of all the characters. I didn't quite understand what the joke was meant to be. Is that Was he meant to be a, a, a subject of ridicule that they were kind of meaningless platitudes and little kind of sayings that he came up with or was he meant to well, be well there's a little explanation here of guru okay, bob's great. segment so i'll read that out a fictional guru he has belonged to various religions oh, i like that that's good yeah who claims to relate advice to australian football league players and coaches who visit the temple often giving them comical spins on well-known philosophical quotes okay. as this advice okay um, he is described as a could have been special advisor on football spirituality and has released numerous books of football quotes. Is that uh, like legitimately has done that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And this is like an example. So they put an okay. example of one of the guru's bits of advice. Okay. Um, it says in the Bible, Book of Shane 311, <laughs> it is harder to win a premiership than it is to put a needle in the eye of a camel. You're right. It's not funny. Does not stand up. No. <laughs> uh, Greg's songs, of course. Yeah. Uh, which is just Greg Champion. Do you remember um, he did one cover of um, Bruce Springsteen's My Hometown? You know, my hometown. And he did it in a really sincere way. It wasn't a funny... Oh, Honey my home ground. My home ground. But it literally yes. was that all he changed was like my hometown to my home ground. And I remember because I remember hearing there's a kid going, Oh, there's a gag coming up. It's like when you see Leslie Nielsen in playing like, you know, a dramatic role, you're like, oh, any second now he's gonna do something Frank Drebinish. It's like, what this is a sincere my home ground. So um these days most of the lyrics to the songs are contributed by the listeners. So we don't even have to come up with our own oh, lyrics God. for the songs. We can just so outsource easy. it to our audience. Uh, Bush footy, which is regional Australian football stories. Um, Torches footy talk back. Oh, okay. A fictional talk back radio segment. Okay. I mean, to be honest, we're not ripping this off. Like Tony Martin is ripping this off with Sizzletown. Yeah. This is the, ori- the original <laughs> Sizzletown was the could have been champions. <laughs> um, so they've listed... Some of the regular callers. Okay, so great. I will let me let me try and um, um, give me hints, and I'll try and guess the ones who they are. Okay, so um, it's a man uh, with a famous uh, a famous cyclist's name from a place that has a woman's name. 
my god um and they're all alliterative uh, that's the okay, yeah yes um so it's not um the most famous cyclist in the world okay right i don't remember the, uh, lance okay tell me who, who the lance who lance from lara i don't remember lance from lara okay this is the name of the top top three footballers of all time okay um from uh has the same first initial as my name so is it gary same first initial as my name uh, oh his first name right yeah. um and one of the best footballers of all time wayne yep wayne, wayne from wayne from i don't know where's wayne from one turner I don't know any of these characters. Are these new additions? No, these are not new. Okay, you'll know. Well, this okay, is hang a... on. Tell me though, what was before we go on? So Lance from Lara, what was his thing? Can't remember. Okay, not, what was Wayne from Montana? I definitely thing. remember Wayne from Montana. What was his thing? Don't know. I Why can't remember we... any of their things. <laughs> it's no good that you definitely remember if you don't remember anything about them. I remember the names. Okay, okay I'll All give right. you an easy one. Okay, um, starts with a P, and the same name of the person is in the name of the suburb. Uh, Peter from Petersham? Peter from Peterborough. Peterborough, bugger. Okay, this one's topical at the moment. There's been a report into this state and their viability for a new AFL team. Right. Um, and oh. you might say it's been a darko day for Tasmanian football. A darko day? Donnie Darko? Yeah. Donnie, Donnie mm. from Tassie? Donnie, Donnie from, from... From... Oh, Donvale. From, uh, uh, from Hobart. Donnie from Launceston. <laughs> Donnie from Donnybrook. Donnie from where? Devonport. Devonport. <laughs> I don't remember any of these characters though. I'm, I feel like I, I, I was went into this very confident. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Y you definitely oh. will remember okay. this one. Okay. Massive. So Murph I'm going to give Rabin. you. So we've already mentioned Tiny Timmy from Thomastown. Yeah. Uh, there are. Is Craig Starsevich going to win the brown though? Three other really yep. kind of famous names. Okay, yeah. Yep. All right. So, so one one only has one name. It doesn't. It, it breaks the alliterative. If they were a one name person. They would ring all the time. Um, um, an older character, I believe. Oh, oh you can't touch him. <laughs> you can't touch yeah. him. Yeah, I remember the guy. He's a Collingwood supporter. Ah, oh, you can't touch him. What was his name? Cliff? Yeah. No. Um, no, but yeah, it's like you know what. Like a cliff? No, I, that's not a good clue. Um, <laughs> Hill. Look, it, it's it, it's a very famous Australian uh, term. Okay, that was his nickname. Rhymes with a, a really racist word. Ah, oh, digger, digger. Um, okay. You can't touch him. Two more. I think you'll know at least one of these. You might not know one. One is from um, South long? Australia. Oh, South Australia. Yes. Um, uh, has a German name because of South, like South Australia's German roots. I don't know this one. Hans from Handorf. No, I never knew Hans. These are all. These sounds like. These sound like second stringers. This is third phase. Uh, could have been champions. No, I'm, I'm are old are these, I mean, some of that ones from earlier are newer ones, but yeah. these were like really? these are your classics. Okay. And this one. Had a Saints flavor. Yeah, massive, so, Mer massive Merv from Moorabbin. Massive Merv from Moorabbin. I called Plugger. I said, Plugger, come around. I said, mate, you are way underweight. So I sat him down. I said, here's four large pizzas, a six-pack of Coke, a bag of dim sims. I said, you eat that while I go make your lunch. 
Uh, now, who was the guy with the room? I got a room for you. Uh, I got a room for you, Tony. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Right. I it's it's a Cliff. A, uh, I got a rumor. Is it a Cliff from Clematis? Cliff from Clematis or something like that? Mm, yeah, maybe. And what, who's the more disciplined, Tony? The guy from Geelong. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. I no, don't know, but it doesn't have his name there. Right. See, all the but characters anyway. I know aren't listed. <laughs> so, all I would say is it's one week from the finals, and there's your 20 minutes, and it could have been champions. <laughs> Uh, well, I thought something else that might be fun to do because of all the delistings yeah. and retirements uh-huh. is that we could go through each club and the delistings and retirements and you could eulogize right. each player, whether you know them or not. Um, just right. say a couple of words it. about each one, your impressions of them, your favorite memory, and uh, let's see how you do. <laughs> so we'll start with Adelaide. Uh, yeah. Tom Lynch has been delisted. What are you going to say about Tom Lynch? Uh, Tom Lynch will play again, firstly. Yeah. So he's only that's what I will say. He's still he was in their top three players last week. He he can he's still got a lot of football in front of him. Um obviously has had to live in the shadow of being the second best Tom Lynch in the league for yeah, the last sucks. few years, which can't be the easiest thing in the entire world. Love to see him at Richmond for that reason. I feel like what Richmond need next year is like, you know, there's a lot of criticism of Tom Lynch. This would be the biggest baller move from Dimmer. Yeah. Like all the people going, Tom Lynch isn't playing very well. He goes, well, fuck you. I'm getting a spare Tom Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> St. Kilda seem to be doing okay with the Jacks. I'm going to go, I'm going to double down and get first and last names the same. Uh, most memorable moment for me, obviously, that game where he was the medical sub and hadn't warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about Tyson Stengel? He's retired. Any any memories of Tyson Stengel? Was he? Did he have some off field issues? Tyson no. Stengel? I don't, don't know. know. Good name. Though. Um, always a good name. Like Barley Tyson, both a good first name and last name. And of course, Daniel Talia we've spoken on. Uh, no one from Brisbane has been announced yet. Over at Carlton, okay, you'll know all these guys. So Eddie Benz, we've talked about Eddie, most popular player in the game. It's a shame to see him go. You know what? I'll, here's one thing I'll raise my hand about Eddie Betts. Is I did not care for Eddie Betts in his first iteration at Carlton. I don't really care for small forwards in general. I find them all kind Carlton. Of, let's or be Carlton. honest. You're yeah. on the record how you feel about Carlton. <laughs> but you know what it's like. They're always pests. Forward pockets are always cheeky little pests. And I think they're almost designed to be the court jesters of the AFL, where you're meant to boo them and hiss them when you see them on the ground. So I fell for that trap and didn't like him. But... When he got to Adelaide and what he did at Adelaide, that five years or whatever it was at Adelaide where he just became, I mean, would you say his influence or his popularity would be like Modra level at, in Adelaide? I mean, I think maybe not as big as Modra in Adelaide, but across the entire competition, just hard to name a more popular player than Eddie Betts. Like just so loved. And this last phase of his career has not played the best football of his career back at Carlton fair enough but yeah, his easy. leadership in the racism space and just as a person around football and what he's doing with the younger players and the legacy that he's going to leave his contributions to AFL 360 this year have just been absolutely amazing and I think he's going to be a great media performer really really popular a great part of the media I don't think he is going to be lost to football in any way, Eddie Betts, but an absolute fucking legend. Sad to see him go. And sad to see him go without a crowd there at the game to see him lose by 100 points. <laughs> uh, Mark Murphy has also retired. Got to his 300. Limped mm. all the way there. Mark Murphy. Well, I mean, fuck, like, what a career. Like, I feel for Mark Murphy. Yeah. Because for so long, he was 
the number one player in that team and he's won like a quarter of all games that he's played. He played 300 games and he only won like a quarter, which just means that for like over a decade, he would just go to work at a shitty company and he stayed loyal to that (laughs) shitty company through all that fucking time. And then on the last day, instead of giving him a gold watch, they shit in his hat. Like poor Mark Murphy, I feel for him. And then Levi Casbolt was not offered a new contract, although there, there's rumours he'll he is one of the guys who'll be going to the Gold Coast. Mm. Yeah, well, I heard he was offered a new contract, but uh, when he tried to sign it, he missed by about six centimetres. <laughs> oh, that's unfair. The Levi Casbolt has fixed up his kicking in the last couple of years. He's a very handsome man. He's one of those players that is deceptively like, because his footy is so comical, yeah. you sort of don't realise how good looking he is. But in any other circumstance, if you saw this tall, strapping, muscular man, you'd be like, oh my God, what an alpha male. It's just that he chose a career in which he wasn't the best. But whatever. I he think chooses- he did that on purpose. He's like, I'm obviously so good looking, talented and coordinated that I will just get a free run at life. So I've got to choose something that I find incredibly difficult to do for 10 years <laughs> is to humble myself. Do you remember, I was thinking about, there was that highlight, I think it was about five years ago. It was Levi Casbolt and some other ruckman that Carlton had. It was one of the greatest football bloopers of all time where they were both running into an open goal and they were handballing the ball back and forth. None of them wanted to take the shot at goal and they got run down. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's like seeing two baby giraffes like chasing a butterfly. It's one of the funniest highlights. I'm going to try and find it. If I can find it, I'll put it onto the uh, Instagram page and that'll be our farewell to Levi Casbolt. No, I like Levi. Okay, Uh, on to Collingwood. Chris Main we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Great Western Australian hair. Um, He's gone. And then Levi Greenwood has retired. Anything to say about Levi? Two Levi's. Yeah, I mean, this is this is. I mean, is there any remaining Levi's in the AFL? We've gone uh, from having two Levi's to isn't there being one... Levi free, or is there another oh, no, one still running around? I was going to say there's another one, but that's a there's another Greenwood. There's a Hugh Greenwood running around, but I don't think there's another Levi. I'm sure there's a a Levi somewhere, and it'll be spelt weird. It'll be like L A Y V double E H K. Um, okay, uh, the Bombers, Patrick Ambrose and Kale Hooker have both retired. Kale Hooker was a superstar for a very long time in an unsuccessful period. Um, yeah. Sad to see him go. And uh, considering that at one stage his career could have been you were the guy that Buddy Franklin kicked two of the most amazing goals of all time on, that could have been his story. He could have mm. just been the dude who was running in wet cement after Buddy. But he managed to have a really good career after that and pretty much carry the Bombers on his back for a while. Yeah, had an absolutely great career. But unfortunately, in the history of football, mostly what will be seen is him plodding <laughs> along behind Buddy while he kicks those goals on highlight reels. <laughs> Anything to say about Patrick Ambrose? Um, never really got my head around Patrick Ambrose, but no. go well, good sir. At Frio, uh, former target Reese Conker. Sounds more like, you know, a doctor on Grey's Anatomy, Patrick, Patrick Ambrose. Ambrose, than an AFL footballer. Yeah. You know, it's Soap like, star name. Yeah. <laughs> McPatty, the new hot doctor. Uh, at uh, Fremantle, Reese Conker, former target Reese Conker, did not hit his uh, contract trigger targets, so was not offered an extension. Uh, Reese Conker, I always, it sort of sounds like, it's not onomatopoeia, but if you got hit in the balls, I reckon it would sound like Reese Conker. <laughs> You know, like, oh, God, Reese Conker. Reese Conker. <laughs> Ballet. Ballet. We salute you. <laughs> uh, Stephen Hill, cousin uh, of, or cousin or brother of Brad Hill, um, has also retired. He was 
there was a period of time where he was one of the best wingers going around. He was great to watch. There's that moment, I think. Yeah, he was a superstar. The uh, prelim uh, against the Cats, where he kicked the the the, the sealer that will that will be his highlight reel moment, and then Leno Thomas has been delisted. <laughs> what are you got to say about Leno Thomas? Uh, I was always the, the great thing about. Um, I hope his nickname was Jay. That's all I will say. <laughs> Uh, over at the Gold Coast, someone you would know quite well, Jared Harbrow, uh, a games record holder at the Gold Coast. He's been flown in especially to play his farewell game for the Suns. I think that's great of the Suns to do that, firstly. He deserves a farewell game. He's been an incredible servant of that club. He's played a lot of great football there. He was good at the Bulldogs. We were so sad to lose him. He's always been a very, very talented player. And for a long time, he's been... Yeah, one of Gold Coast's most consistent contributors. So it's pretty amazing um, when you consider who the Bulldogs lost in the teens. Like Callan Ward and Jared Harbrow. Like if you had both, can you? You'd be such an amazing team if you had both those guys on you. I mean, you're an amazing team now, but if you had those guys as well, you'd be incredible. The amount of times I watch Callan Ward play and think that exact same thing, you're like, there's just there's no way he wouldn't make our team better. Uh, also retiring from the Suns is Jack Hombish, Hombsh, Jordan Murdoch, and Zach Smith. Uh, Zach Smith? Yeah. Is he one of the original Gold Coast Suns players? I can't remember. I thought maybe he came from Geelong, but I might be wrong about that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe that is true. Okay. Uh, Hawthorne, obviously, John O'Patton and Tom Scully retired early in the year. Mm. Port Adelaide, uh, Tom Rockliffe announced his retirement last week. Rocky, who... He was a bit of a Mark Murphy. In Brisbane's dark days, he was their best player, an accumulator. Um, And then chased the big contract, went to Port Adelaide. And it's just, football is unfair sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, he gets to Port Adelaide, but form and injury can't get into that side as they're challenging for flags. It's just, it's not fair, football sometimes. It is absolutely not fair. But a good player at his prime, one of the best players in the game. Uh David Asprey at Richmond announced his retirement this week. Triple premiership defender, David Asprey, that I had to look up to go, who is David Asprey? He's played in three flags and I had no idea who he was. Like I, Having looked at his photo this week, I still couldn't tell you what he looks like. He's a bit of a Jake Lloyd for me. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of guys from that Richmond era who are just going to walk away as triple premiership winners that you might not necessarily be able to identify <laughs> if you bumped into them in the street. If you bumped into them on a pub crawl through Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean McKernan, Dylan Roberton and uh, Jake Carlisle uh, all uh, delisted from St Kilda. Were you surprised by Carlisle or was that always coming? Yeah, that was always coming. He's had back issues for a while. It's a shame. He actually probably was one of our best players last year, but... He was getting on and uh, his, his back was just playing up. And so I think he was always, they were always trans, going to transition in this year. I think if he was fit, they would have hung on to him because he probably had a year to go on his contract. Um, Dylan Robinson's the real heartbreaker because he was such a good footballer. And, you know, that, uh, that heart issue he had, which is so unusual and just was not able to come back from it. I think that, well, what I'm hoping is he'll coach because he was just one of those footballers who just had, he seemed like he was smart. Great football brain, used the ball really well, really skillful. It was not dissimilar to Bob Murphy in a way. It wasn't as kind of like um, a smooth mover as Bob, but used the ball really well and really smartly. So I hope he sticks around at the club. Uh, West Coast, Daniel Venables, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. And at the Bulldogs, Lin Jong, we also covered before. Now, Will, this brings us to the pocket profile. Um, and I felt like 
we should discuss um, someone who who is a bit of an enigma, especially how to pronounce his name because this is a let's start. This is, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you guess his name to begin with, and my clue is gonna be when you read his name, it does not immediately think that's how you pronounce it. Shay Bolton. No, plays for the Cats. Oh, okay. Um, uh, not Radagalia, um, who plays for the Cats, who's got a name that doesn't look like you pronounce it that way. First name, uh, Mark. Mark, oh, Blitzarves. <laughs> Blitzarves. How do you think you spell Blitzarves? Uh, it's like Blix, Blix Caves or something. That's <laughs> exactly Blick Caves. <laughs> Mark Blick Caves. Um, okay, so we're off to a good start. Mark Blick Caves. Which players at Geelong first took him under their wing? Um, both retired, both defenders. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, Captain Grumpy, uh, the greatest defender in the No, Geelong not Captain history. Grumpy. No. No, of that era, but not psychopath Captain Grunt. Oh, okay. Um, right, um, okay, so, okay. Uh, so one of them is a guy that you know we find quite amusing. We've t- talked about him a couple times on the show this year. Retired oh, Harry. Last year. Harry, Harry Ham Taylor. And the other guy is um, his, he has a namesake on South Park, his surname. Um, okay. A supporting character on South Park. Works uh, at the school. Oh, so that's, I mean, now all I'm thinking about is Butters. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. No, it's not that. <laughs> he's playing at a different team, but. He's a, um, he's, he's a teacher uh, at South Park. Or God, also a Geelong player. No, you have, you have to tell me. Andrew, Mr. Mackey. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So this is good. Do you have any pre-game rituals? He does. And how? my clue is going to be, um, he has a kick. <laughs> he has a kick with someone that is a nemesis of someone that we talk about on the show quite a bit. We've identified this guy as being a nemesis. Oh, okay. So he has a kick with Reese Stanley. He has a kick with Reese Stanley. Or my other clue is going to be he listens to In Excess's most popular album <laughs> with someone who've identified as been a nemesis. He, he does an X with Reese Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> um, who had the most influence on his career? Three uh, players, um, two former players, one current listed player. Okay, um, one current listed player, and I'll make it easy for you. You've named, you've named all but the current listed player already. Okay, so um, Harry, yes, um, I didn't name Andrew Mackey, so it's not Andrew Mackey. Um, who else did I name already? Um, well, I guess technically you didn't name them, but you were oh, um, to them. Uh, Captain Grumpy, <laughs> Captain Grumpy. <laughs> What's his name again? Matthew Scarlett. Matthew Scarlett, that's right. I mean, I know who you're talking about, so that's a pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 yeah. Um, and one's a current day player, current yeah. listed player yeah. or current day player. Yeah, and you would imagine this guy would have a lot of influence over the players at Geelong. Uh, Joel Selwood. Joel Selwood. He'd be a mentor. And can I just say, look, we haven't talked about any games, and I don't want to harp on about this, but the Saints played the Cats this week, and we lost to a better team, and they had a danger field, and, you know, that just, that's the Danger difference. was good. But goddamn, Geelong 
how can they're allowed to throw the ball? I mean, I've seen the Saints play the Cats twice this year, and in both games, Geelong just dispose the ball however they want, and they get away with it. Like, it's crazy. In one bit of play, like, we laid three tackles on, on I think it was, um, uh, what's his face? And he spins around, doesn't dispose, but then throws it with one hand. Dunstan picks the ball up, has no prior opportunity to get tackled holding the ball. It's like, I don't understand what is going on. <laughs> Did the rules change just for tonight? Okay, so firstly, people throw the ball all the time now, is the actual truth, right? Like, clearly there's been some sort of directive that like getting the ball out of packs and moving it on is better than, you know, calling free kicks and stuff. So if they make an effort, we'll call it like, you know, an okay disposal. But basically some clubs have just gone, well, that means if you're in trouble, just chuck it and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Like it happens so often. And I think that they've got to call the actual throws. Like, I'm sorry, but you've got to blow a whistle on dudes. You know, like if they flick it, and I'm okay with like a handball over the shoulder yeah. or whatever. If like if like the ball punches the hand, I am absolutely fine with that. But people are actually just fucking throwing the football here's all the a, time. Here's a solution. Get rid of he made an attempt. Yeah. Not fucking good enough. I don't care if he made an attempt. If you tackle them and they drop the ball without hitting it with yeah. their fist or dropping it on their foot, it's fucking holding the ball. Stop with this, he made an attempt. I mean, that's a good they... point. It's like rounding up a point to a goal. Yeah. Just going, Look, he made an attempt. <laughs> yeah. And like, who decides? This is why I think AFL drives people crazy. Yeah. So many of the rules are open to interpretation, deliberate. Well, how do you know? Are you inside the mind? Are you the shadow? Do you know what lurks in the hearts of men? I mean, how do you well, know? Well, I think that they need to add an extra umpire who's a psychologist. Let's <laughs> just sit them down on a couch. That's what they should do with the arc. Just hold up the plate, get the player to lie down, and let's just talk In about the your arc, father. There's a psychologist who, like, is no. You know how they sometimes just measure body language and facial features and stuff like that. So yeah. they've got some equipment in the arc. They go, like, is that deliberate? They go to some sort of facial recognition thing. They run it through an algorithm and they give you a sign of whether it was deliberate or not. Um, Okay, who was his favourite player growing up? So this guy, he played for St Kilda briefly, but was better known as a blue. I think took mark of the year in the late 90s, early 2000s. His surname, my clue is, uh, if you are losing a race, your opponent might be doing this to you. And it's also what a tiger might do at a watering hole in the jungle. (laughs) Sometimes I think I give too much, too many clues and it's just so confusing because you've got to connect all the red string. Okay, so what a tiger might do at a water hole... Is that the is that any one of animal? The let's just say any animal might do it a watering hole. Because like the tiger was the interesting detail of that clue yeah, to me. I'm like, That's... what does a tiger do at a water hole that is unique to other animals at a water hole? Wash, drink, um, yeah. Uh, but it's also lap. Ah, uh, Matthew Lappin. Matthew Lappin. There you go. You got there. Yeah. Okay. Who has been his toughest opponent? A uh, two guys, one cup favorite. A forward. Uh, Josh Kennedy. Why is he his toughest opponent? And this is something that it's not an obvious thing that I would... Actually, you know what? When you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah. Um, It's uh, something very unique about Josh Kennedy's goal-kicking routine relates to why he's very difficult to play on. Okay. What's unique about Josh Kennedy's goal-kicking routine? 
that he on minute has an awkward run up. There's some stuttering st- run up. Yeah. So you might so say that he he moves in different directions. He it's has hard a, to. He has elite footwork. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, what is the funniest thing a fan has said to you over the fence? Um, yeah. It, 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 uh, it's kind of funny. I, I can't think of a clue. So I'm just going to say the fan said to him, well, you're a comedian. You judge this joke. All right. Okay. You're in the audience for once. I'm the comedian. I'm on stage. I see Mark Bitsars take a kick and I go, hey, you kick like me. And? <laughs> no, that's the joke. Oh, that's, okay. That's the funny thing. I, I, I punch it up a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You have to fill in some detail because you don't know if the person in the crowd is an elite kick or a terrible kick. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, man. That's what he might have turned around and said. Uh, who's his teammate most likely to coach? Has two first names. Initials um, MD. Uh, Mitch Duncan. Correct. You're pretty good. I think you and the old Blick Caves are on the, right, on the same page. Um, teammate most likely to be club president or CEO. This makes sense. Patrick Dangerfield. I would have thought that, but he'd probably be this guy. Joel Selwood. Joel Selwood. I mean, it must be amazing. Paddy's having... probably going to be bigger than that. Yeah. He's probably you know going to own Geelong. <laughs> He'll be like yeah. the mayor of Geelong or something. <laughs> um, does your jumper have any significance? Um, all right, this number? is an interesting Is this answer. the number? Sorry? Yeah. So he, he's yeah. jumper number. What yeah, number so is Mark, Mark Blitz 40, Caves? 46. Um. It's not really a significant, it doesn't have like a personal meaning to him. It's just a fact about that number. Okay. All right. So four and six adds up to 10. He wanted the number 10, but he couldn't get it. So four no, and you're six. Over, you're overthinking it. Oh, okay. 46. Like at, um, a, at a footy club. When they're bringing out the jumpers, uh, what would you say that about? I that I'm like not one of the gun players, or that like I didn't okay. get my first choice of gun, jumper, or all right. Look, the answer is it was the highest number available, and I was going to yeah. ask you about this because I don't know if maybe this the thinking of this has changed. But when I played footy, I always understood that the lower the number, the better the player. So you know, when they handed out the jumpers at the start of the year, you'd scramble to get like a, a single digit or at least. Under 20s. I mean, there's certain exceptions. 23 is cool. You know, it's Dermot Brereton, Stewie Lowe, Michael Jordan. 35 is cool. Rob Harvey, Patrick Dangerfield. But or, or more often than not, you're wanting a low number, right? If you if you see a player wearing like 53. <laughs> well, I think that the perception was in the past that, yes, exactly. The, the jumpers were handed out in order. And you yeah. basically gave them to players in order of preference of how good that player was. But then... I mean, I think even by the time I was playing junior football, like I wore 22 because there was some family connection to 22. Like, I mean, I think even by that stage, they were, you know, you kind of like, and like you said, you'd had your Wayne Carries and whatever, but there yeah. are some clubs out there. Like what club in the league where wears one, who the captain wears one? There's, I think there's still a club in the AFL where the captain wears number one. Can't think of it. I mean, mm. But I mean, it used, that used famous. to be that used to be the thing, right? Sauce yeah, and the thing. Right. Trevor Barker, and yeah, it was definitely a thing. And it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because even if you think back to like the eighties and stuff, like Johnny Platten wore forty-four. I mean, there were high number good players wearing high numbers. 
But the I think the tradition used to be that you'd start with a high number and the better you got, the more you'd trade it in for a lower number. Yeah. Do you think and then there were used to be a bunch of stories about people going to clubs where somebody else was already wearing their number. And they'd have to... And that the number had to be passed over. In fact, I think my cousin Stuart was playing at... Maybe when he was at Fremantle, somebody went to Fremantle and they wore the same number as him and he might have sold his number. Sold it? To... I think that's the story. I, I yeah, really? Yeah. Um, okay, who's his funniest teammate? Never heard of this dude. His nickname's Shed. Um, uh, Tom, Shed. Tom? Tom Shed Atkins. <laughs> Do you know who that is? <laughs> no. Right. Absolutely fucking no idea. Uh, what's a unique person you follow on Twitter or Instagram? I don't oh, know who this is. Okay. Uh, Interesting. I'm going to have to Google it. Um, this person does one-minute breakdowns. That's my clue. Okay. One-minute breakdowns. No, no idea. His name is, or her name is Robin Black, Canadian mixed martial arts commentator and former musician. Right. Oh. Okay. It must be just showing you how to throw a punch or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Um, all right. Uh, which store would you max out your credit card? Hmm, okay. This is interesting. This is a it's rather a bougie, uh, a rather bougie um, interest or hobby. Okay, wine? Wine, exactly. You oh. and Blick Caves are going to hang out. That's what I'm predicting. Okay. <laughs> you too. Um, so, like, but is this like a fancy wine store? Is it Rockford Winery Cellar Door. Yes, okay. fancy uh, wine store. It may, well, maybe he's from Adelaide. Maybe he drafted him from South Australia or something. Um, okay, what are three things left on your bucket list? Three sporting events. So this should be easy because two of these are... Super Bowl. Correct. NBA Finals. No. Oh. Different code. More of a European sport. Uh, the English Premier League or something like that. World Cup. FIFA World, World Cup. Cup. Okay, the yep. last one is... Uh, I mean, I'll give it away. It could be. Some people consider it sport. Some people consider it entertainment. Wrestling? <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> no Olympics for a guy who was a, like most famously a steeplechaser, right? Like, Something who... like that. Okay. Um, his fa- the first album he bought was by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it's not the one that everyone bought. Oh. So which one is it? California case. It is. Mate, I, this, I am, this is great, Will. One, out, one week out from the finals. And you just, <laughs> I'm, I'm in better form than the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm not stumbling. I've had a co- bokey last week in the Blitz Caves this week. Yeah. I, am fr- I am Melbourne right now. Yeah, this just is mine to lose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's his favorite holiday destination? Um, oh, okay. International. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's an interesting answer. It's not okay. one of your typical ones that comes out in the pocket profile. Uh, um, European? A, a country of, of great um, tradition and history. Okay. Um, tradition and history. So, um, Greece. Japan. Okay, yep. Um, okay. What's his favorite movie? And my clue is... Um, um, it's not your fault. Will, who is it's not your fault? Will, Will, it's not your fault. So, something to do with Will? <laughs> it's not your fault, Will. 
Um, uh, no, I don't know. That's a good clue, but I don't know. Goodwill hunting. Oh. You know the penultimate scene? God. When Robin, Robin, what's his face? Uh, Mork is getting him to hug him. It's not your fault, Will. Uh, okay, favorite TV series? This would be probably most, I'd say most people would say this has been the best TV series of the last 10, 15 years. It's beloved. Breaking, Breaking bad. bad. You two are hanging out on the couch. You're drinking your wine. You're... You're watching Breaking Bad, just having stuff in common. I can see it. Who's his favorite band or musician? Oh, I've okay. never heard of this person. I'm going to have to Google right. it quickly. Uh, surname is a Spice, but not the Spice Girls. <laughs> he's a uh, singer-songwriter. It's a definitely a he. His original, his, his name is Jared Crosby, but he calls himself Jerry. He's a Scottish singer-songwriter. Uh, he looks very... I mean, it's a spice. If you were a stripper, you might call yourself this. Um, pepper, Jerry Cinnamon. Ah, Cinnamon. <laughs> okay. Now, Will, your favourite question: mm. What is his favourite carb? Now, he elaborates a bit. It's not, not. It's not that he elaborates a bit. He's specific. So, it's not just. Pizza pasta. or pasta? Oh, no, yeah. I just gave the answer. It's pizza. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, no, I just gave. You, I just told you I didn't mean to. It was an accident. Yeah. It's pizza. <laughs> so, Shit. but it's a specific type of pizza. No, no, no. It's just it's pizza. Oh, fuck oh. Up. I'm so sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got too excited and I just no, I spoke before I thought. Okay, uh, what? That's I, good though. I'm happy with like his favorite carb being pizza. This is a good answer for favorite carb. Yeah. I don't think we've had a pizza for favourite carb so far. I guess it counts. It's bread. It fits into the bread category, doesn't it? Pizza. Yeah, and he has the potato pizza. Yeah, yeah, double carbs. Sh- shares it with Zach Tui <laughs> to remind him of home. <laughs> uh, who inspires you? Um, athlete, world famous, top of it, uh, the probably the best in his field. He's currently playing. He's, he's been named a few times. It's not LeBron. Let's no, Roger Federer. Roger Federer. What non-football accomplishment are you most proud of? Okay. It's the kind of thing that oh, I wouldn't say it's just like rich people do, but it's it's a kind of thing that rich people do. And I think it's it's considered like a um Todd Sampson's done it. That he's climbed Mount Everest. Yes, hiked to the base camp of Everest. Um what is your best childhood memory? Relates back to the three sporting events that he would like to attend. Uh, watching the wrestling. He'd like, he'd, he would take the mattresses into the living room and uh, wrestle oh, for the WWE wrestling. belt. Okay. Um, and who would you like to swap places with for one day? He gives two answers. One, I think, suggests that maybe this interview was done last year because the last time this guy competed in his sport, it's a pretty ugly finish. And the other guy, it seems like a real cock. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> a real dick. Like, he's been in the news a lot lately, along with another person who belongs to his class of people, and just unlikable. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so one is been- an athlete, and, and remember, he, he has got an interest in MMA. 
Okay, so Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. is one. I, I, I ventured that that was before Conor, leg had his, Conor McGregor had his leg broken. Yeah. And the other one is just like, you have personally expressed a disdain and no interest in this person. We've done episodes of Tofop about this person. He's in the news all the fucking time and it's just like, ugh. Um, he's in the news all the time. Married to a pop star. Uh, married to a pop star, but he's not a he's not a he's not a celebrity. I mean, oh. he's a celebrity, but he's a entrepreneur slash. Oh, Elon Musk! Elon fucking yeah, Musk. right. See, so I thought you and Blitzars were going to having a great time no. hanging out on the couch, right and up now until he wants then. to like swap lives with Conor McGregor and Elon Musk. Gross. <laughs> Or maybe he wants to swap lives with them so he can fix up their lives. Oh, maybe. He can use their power and privilege for good instead of evil, like it is with both of them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like Elon. Maybe you should invest that money into like infrastructure mm. and helping the poor. Yeah. No, than... what Mark is actually saying is he invented a quantum leap machine <laughs> and he is going to leap into their bodies and fix their lives. Um, all right. Well, let's get to the mailbag this week. Before we do that, uh, we should tell people that every Thursday afternoon, Will and I jump on Instagram Live and we give our tips for the coming week. In fact, if you want your more football-like related content where we talk about like games and stuff, that's probably what you should tune in for. This is more footy adjacent chat. We get into the nitty gritty on a Thursday afternoon. So that's every Thursday, 5 p.m. on uh, Instagram Live at Two Guys One Cup on Instagram. We're also on Twitter at Two Guys One Cup AFL. And you can also find some of our other great podcasts at tofop.com. Will does one called Willosophy. He's got some great guests this week. Who's on Willosophy, Will? Yeah, two guests, in fact, this week. So Danielle Walker was our early in the week episode, and there is a brand new episode also with Luke Heggie, because Luke is a guest on my new TV show, Question Everything, which by the time you're hearing this, we'll have already aired, but you can find it on ABC iView if you want to have a look or Wednesday nights going forward on the ABC. But Luke and Danielle are both hilariously funny. So those are great. And uh, this week on Fofop, uh, speaking of question everything, another guest from this week's show, Conchetta Caristo uh, from the Big Natural Talents podcast and also her co-host Lauren Bonner are my uh, guest Charlies on the Fofop. Uh, and there's a new episode of Tofop where we go part two of our celebrity beefs edition, and we hear a, a great story from a listener mm. whose grandmother. A story that uh, Mark Blitz Caves might enjoy. Yeah, uh, in which uh, uh, someone's grandmother got into a fight with WWE superstar Rowdy Roddy Piper. I also need to point out that um, uh, uh, Steel uh, Steel Saunders, who does the uh, Steel Wars podcast, or I love Green I love Green Guard Letters podcast, he casts some doubt. On the veracity of all those Rowdy Roddy Piper stories we are talking about the other week where he got stabbed three times. And so I almost felt like sending him a link to this episode to say, well, listen, if this dude's grandma was prepared to jump the fence and get to a fight with Rowdy Roddy Piper, it's not too much of a stretch to think that maybe someone stabbed him two or three times. It's not too much of a stretch to think that that old lady stabbed him two or three times. <laughs> all right, let's get to the mailbag. This is from Anthony. If you'd like one last game a la Betts, Murphy, or Casbolt, do you announce your retirement for a farewell or use someone like uh, Swans veteran Ryan O'Keefe who spent his last season on 280-odd games in the reserves? They were playing finals, so no charity games. I like a charity game. Um, maybe if finals are on the line, yeah, it's a bit difficult, but I'm a big fan of letting, you know, like if – if if you if it's not the season on the line, you just got to give the fans what they want. Let them come out and have a run around. One of the best games I remember was when it was like Cozzy and Stephen Milne and Jason Blake and a bunch of other players retiring at the same time, and 
uh, Ross Lyon, who was coaching Fremantle at the time, just sent over his seconds team. It was just like, have fun, guys. Yeah, Harlem Globetrotters. It was one of the best days of football ever. I mean, I there's obviously two schools of thought on this, but mine is if someone has served your club to, club well, like, I mean, there was this argument around Mark Murphy, right? Like, because they really nursed him to 300. They played him as the medical sub a bunch and just got him there. I'm like, yeah, he deserved it. And I think that actually reflects well on your club. And if I was a player playing at that club, I wouldn't get the wrong message from that. I wouldn't be there going, oh, this is like, look at this. This is terrible. Just handing just out games. games. Yeah. I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, look at this. If you serve this club well and you give them your life and your dedication, they will reward you also at the end if they can. Uh, Art Deco says, should the tribunal and review panel be changed to a jury-based system? I, to be honest, I don't actually understand how the tribunal works. I, isn't it a jury-based system? That perfectly qualifies you for <laughs> serving on the tribunal. And explaining it to both. So if you get cited and you get straight to the tribunal, aren't like they're getting ex-players to come to a judgment like a jury anyway? Isn't that sort of the way it works? Yeah, but I think we go a step further and it is literally like jury duty. We get the fans back involved. Yeah, great idea. 12 average AFL fans get a little summons notice and they pop down to AFL house and they have to sit as a jury. Uh, Jordan says, Charlie, sorry about the Saints loss, but as a Cats fan, the only thing keeping me entertained in the first quarter was David Roden, an ex-AFL player turned umpire. I reckon that cheeky smile should be getting a bit more of a cult following. I reckon David Roden is referenced virtually every game he umpires. I, don't, I think he's pretty well-known and gets plenty of attention. For a goal umpire. He's the only one I could name. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, there's the other one. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea Randall. Rad- Randall, yeah. Um, okay, you're right. Yeah. But I think, no, he is great though. He's a great goal umpire. It's always like a, a slightly better game. I think that is a good example of, I love that he just went, I want to stay in the game, but I'm not going to go into commentary. I'm not going to go into coaching. I'm just going to goal umpire. Yeah. You get to go to games every weekend, so I can do it for the next like 20 years. I I'll do start like out that. doing some splits and stuff, <laughs> but you know, as I get older, I'll just start doing the worm, straighten it up. Uh, at Footy Sausage says, would y'all wear AFL belts? What if they were a big thing in the game? Don't know what this would mean. And uh, Footy Sausage attached a link. So they're just basically merchandise. It's it's, it's a belt with um, your club's logo emblazoned on the front. Would you ever wear a footy belt? I don't wear a belt. Yeah, either do I. I wear mainly like loose pants. <laughs> would I take up wearing a belt just because I had a Western Bulldogs one? Only in grand final week. Like, you know, if you're yeah. rocking around in grand final week, you'd whack on your Bulldogs belt. Billy wants to know, the Eagles could have used Mark Ladazen out there on the weekend. Reckon he's got anything to say. Uh, yeah, he, he does, but we're running long. And Unfortunately, tired. Mark Ladazen is on in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's a bit tired and can't come to the phone. Uh, a Yank on the footy says, we have three players with over 10, uh, 1,050 games of experience retiring this week. Who are the next three major stars that are going to step away from the game? Craig Wessels, a Yankee fan on a footy podcast, Sandusky, Ohio, USA. <laughs> I love how Americans like tell you exactly where they're from. Great. Um, who else is going to retire? Uh, is anyone at the Bulldogs who hasn't announced it yet that you think might be? I think Jaron Geary is a good chance to maybe retire at the end of the year from the Saints. I don't know if anyone else. I can't think of anyone else at the top of my head. I mean, I don't think. James Frawley at the Saints will probably. He, we got him out of retirement. He'll probably go back into retirement. Yeah, he's he's the real um, Danny Glover of the Saints, isn't he? He's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, totally. Uh, anyone at the Bulldogs you can think of? 
No, I don't think there is. Like, I mean, we've got a pretty young list. There's a couple of guys, obviously, at the top end, but... Um, JJK might retire, unless he announced an extension. That that That's another big name I could see. Probably. I mean, he could, but it'd be sad for the game if he did. He's not the worst thing that's happening at the West Coast Eagles. Yeah. Uh, Donnie wants to know, should every team spot St. Kilda five goals to start the match? Are you a Cats fan? I'm looking at your profile. Yeah, very funny. Very funny. Uh, let me just say this. If Max King hadn't bloody ripped his adductor, that was the most scintillating first quarter of football. He is going to be an absolute beast. I am so excited. I'm actually okay with this year ending where it is because the idea of Max King getting another yeah. preseason and get, he's got his goal kicking right, he's going to be so exciting to watch. And then in a year's time, we'll get his brother down and we'll be fantastic. <laughs> Wall-to-wall kings. The uh, MLB had a Field of Dreams game played in the cornfield. Who and where should the AFL have their own version? Love it. What's the kind of most iconic? I kind of, here's what I would love, Will. I would love them to go back to the, the site of VFL Park and erect that old yellow and black scoreboard. You know the one, the pixelated yeah. <laughs> scoreboard? And they play a game at VFL Park again. And it, in Heritage Round. In Heritage, in Heritage Round. Round, they should like construct an oval at VFL, VFL Park and yeah. play there. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And, and then the, the weather will be terrible. It'll take you like uh, two hours to get in, four hours to get out. You won't be able to find your fucking car. A lot of country people there, though, because it's actually a convenient ground for country people. <laughs> uh, to the, to the, to the, I don't know how to pronounce this handle. Explain in detail why you think the Swans will beat the Doggies in the grand final this year. Uh, I don't think that will happen because I don't think that the Bulldogs will make the grand final this year. The Swans still could, but I mean, if the eight ends up being, if GWS and Essendon end up in the eight, then. Anyone can win it. Well, let's like talk if GWS play the way they played the yeah. other night, if Essendon play the way that they have been playing, either of those teams could knock out any of. And Brisbane are back in form. Port Adelaide are back in form. Like, yeah, there's the, a the Bulldogs have picked a really bad time <laughs> to get injuries and lose form. Like, there are so many teams that are on the rise. Uh, GWS. I mean, look, put it this way: we're at the point where I do not have to put the lid on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the lid is firmly on it, nailed shut. They look so exciting, GWS. I mean, I know me, you, and um, Alex were, were, were texting on the weekend, but I would love my. He's the same time going to make the finals. I'm going to get all aboard um, GWS because I would love what a redemption story to GWS in 2016, mm. who were the anointed ones. It was all laid out in front of them. They're in great form. The Orange Tsunami sweeping towards their first grand final. And then this scrappy band of misfits from the Western suburbs of Melbourne come along and upset the apple cart. And then like Rocky at Rocky 3, they've had to go back to the streets and learn the eye of the tiger. They got too dazzled by the glitz and the glamour of being like Sydney's darling team. But now they've learned, they've had a year where they've just had to scrap and win and fight. Imagine if they do what the Bulldogs did. They learned a lesson from the Bulldogs in 2016 and win a grand final from like outside the top four. I mean, I hope Amazon is still at the club filming shit because that would be an amazing sequel to the documentary. Okay. Uh, I'll just whip through these last few. Uh, Tech Pants says, Hypothesis, West Coast is losing because it's massively overrepresented among AFL clubs in the key statistic of getting ahead of yourself, Edness, as measured by AFL club player representation on Cameo. There are 53 AFL-listed players, seven of which play for the West Coast Eagles. Do you think Cameo is the reason why the Eagles have lost form? I, I think that it is the perfect reason. And so I think that this is what... 
Adam Simpson's got to do in the off season. He's just got to put in like a social media ban, you know? Like he goes, if you guys aren't making enough money as AFL footballers, like in Western Australia, that you can't be farming yourself out. Is that in the soft cap? No, that's a part-time job, I guess, being on Cameo, right? Yeah. How the game has changed. People <laughs> used to like go to their plumbing job all day and then go to footy training. And now they're just like, I've had a pretty hard day playing Grand Theft Auto and doing some <laughs> cameos. I think there's actually an, like, a, like a separate dedicated AFL fan cameo thing. Like it's called hello chat or something like that, which is literally just go there for AFL players. I bet you Patrick Dangerfield, Patrick Dangerfield and Nat Five, I reckon have invested in a startup, which is like just AFL player greetings. And that, I see that one plugged in my algorithms all the time. Um, okay. Uh, Sergeant Pepper wants to know which clubs would superhero support? I feel like Tony Stark is a Melbourne supporter. I mean, Tony Stark, lots of money. Yeah, so Carlton, maybe. I would say Carlton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Electric Beacon wants to know who should coach Collingwood next year. I feel like we get this every week. Um, who should and who would? Ross Lyon, who, I guess. Who should? Alastair Clarkson. Who nah. would? Um, Ross Lyon. I reckon Ross Lyon's going to coach Carlton. Really? Because of the I list. Don't know. I mean, Ross Lyon on the weekend, like, Making so he noises. was on, I was listening to, um, you know, him on the radio, as I'd love to do. Very funny, Ross Lyon. And he told this story and it just felt like Ross, so this was the story, it got reported in some of the press, so you've probably seen this, but he uh, bumped into Lee Matthews in the oh, car Yeah, park. I saw this, yeah, yeah. And Ross is all like, you know, um, oh, yeah, I haven't been thinking about coaching, it hasn't been on my mind. And then I ran into Lee Matthews in the car park and he like then conjures this picture of these two great coaches down in the car park I meeting each this, other. Yeah, yeah. This guy who's gone to another club after he thought his coaching career was done, then gone up to Brisbane and obviously taken them to such success. And then this great man runs into this other great man of the AFL, this great coach, and he says to him, Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Ross. <laughs> Um, he says, I, I think you're, you're not done with coaching yet. And yeah. it was it was like him laying in the mythology of his return to coaching. And I'm not sure Ross would do that if he was fishing for a job. I think he would only start telling that story if he already thought he had a job. Well, the interesting part of that story was the idea that Lee said, there's a, there's a finite window. You can be out of the game. Yeah. And it's all fun and games when you're in the commentary box, but it's not the same rush. There's more pressure as a coach, but also the rewards are greater. I think that... I think Lethal was Lethal was giving him one of his famous elbows and <laughs> <Yeah>. nudging <laughs> him back into coaching. I mean, it is. This is the weight of somebody like Lee Matthews, though. You could really fuck up someone's life. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. you know what I mean? Like, Lee's just like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know what? I'll tell him you should coach again. Uh, Josh wants to know how many AFL players are vaxxed, do you think? I think not many. I, I, some, I was reading something where a lot of the players and clubs are saying it would not be a good look for them to get to the front of the queue. So I think they're relying more on their, you know, their bubbles and hubs and stuff. Um, but I, I consider, I'd say like everything, if you look at the proportion of the population that are vaccinated, that, that might be the case. Yeah. I think that um, I saw that those same reports where they were saying, cause I think bloody Mark McGowan, yeah. bloody worst bloody premier in the, they think they're running the place, don't they? Mark Tim McGowan. Pop dictator. Yeah. 
he had the nerve to suggest that if the AFL players were going to come over to Western Australia, that they should all be vaccinated. And, um, and, and that's when the reports started coming out that they probably weren't. And it was about like Gil, I think, said, you know, you didn't want to be seen as skipping the queue and not getting them to people who need them. But for next season, I think it should be a requirement of the AFL that if you want to play, you have to be vaccinated. 100%. And the last question is, weekly segment uh, from James, weekly segments on Matt Ralafine. But what's Mark Lacroix doing? Oh, fuck, all right. I said I was too tired, but let's, let's give him a call, okay. Will. All right, Good. I'll just see you. All right. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, <clears throat> hello? Hello? Oh, uh, hello. Is that Mark? Yeah, it is me. Is that Will? Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. How are you doing? How is Australia doing with the COVID vaccinations? Uh, well, where are you at the moment? Are you in, are you in France? Are you in Paris? I'm in Paris. I am looking out of my apartment window at the Eiffel Tower. It reminds me of the game I played where I kicked 12 goals. Do you know what that game was called? The game of Mark Le 12. Well, it doesn't so, shit. So I forgot my own mythology. <laughs> Mark, can I ask you this question? Obviously, we're fascinated by... Uh, the French in their rollout when it comes to vaccines. Obviously, um, you know, Macron there has put in uh, your vaccine, vaccine passport that you need to go places. What's your stance when it comes to vaccinations? I think the passport is a wonderful idea. Fuck these idiots who don't want that passport. Marc Lacroix is a man of the world. I like to travel the globe. I like to love. I like to experience how can I sup one in Europe if I cannot travel. So I say bring in the passports and if you're an anti-vaxxer, go fuck yourself. Uh, I, w- I do want to ask you this question. Your great mate, uh, JJK, mm. um, there has been rumours around that this might be his final season of football. Do you think he should go on? Ah, yes. JJK, Batman to my Robin. He is like the Gerard Depardieu to my Andy McDowell in the film Green Card. It's a romantic comedy from 1990, I believe. You should check it out. It's quite good. I do not want JJK to retire. I mean, a man with footwork that good. The AFL needs him. The world needs him. And the Eagles, they definitely need him next year. Now, Will, it's time for me to go. I need to smoke a cigarette and contemplate life's existential dramas like... What the fuck is happening with climate change? So much to think about, Will. I, I, I bid you a fond adieu. 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 Wow. Uh, I'm back. How was Mark? He was good. He was, it was actually... He was I heard a lot of yelling. I had some controversial thoughts about anti-vaxxers. Ah, uh, well, he's a man of strong opinions. He says things that we can't, Will, and that's the great thing <laughs> about Mark Lacroix. A bit like Massive Murph Morabin, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> That's two guys, one cup for this week. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one cup.